meditation is really hard for me. <laughs> that is something that I have tried and tried. And I feel like having a dance party inside. You must know this because you've been on a weight loss journey. So I'm imagining that you've tried a lot of different types of workouts, right? To find what workout fit for you. Meditation is the same thing. There's so many different styles. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about meditation where people don't realize that your meditation doesn't have to be the same as mine. Welcome back to Big Queen Energy. I'm your girl, Nicole Rose, with the podcast all about the mindset of a true queen. I'm a semi retired DJ turned podcaster obsessed with positivity, psychology, and manifestation. Here to support you on your journey to attracting your dreams. Let's get it. Hello, ladies. So excited to be back with you. Today on the show, we are chatting with a very, very, very special guest who is near and dear to my heart about surviving the big shot with Bethany, endless optimism, and extreme weight loss and her tips and tricks. Jenna Lavalley has an incredible journey to share. She's been through major health ups and downs, built a community around supporting people on their personal health journeys called Getting Closer Every Day. She's also been the director of global sales for Spa Finder, Living Social, and iHeartRadio and more. This multifaceted queen was also a contestant on The Big Shot with Bethany. I know many of you saw her and loved her, and I am so excited to welcome you to Big Queen Energy. Jenna, how are you? I'm great. It's so good to see you talk to you, as always. I love that we've kept in touch. Me too. I know. I was it's just like, you and Maloxie are like, you know, obviously, I'll just throw it out there. Like, you guys are my favorite people from the show. So, Aww. wouldn't be inviting everybody from the Big Shot on to the podcast, but you two are two queens that I know everybody would want to hear from. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me and what an experience we had together. <laughs> I know, right? Quite the ride. I am still actually processing it. Right. Like, <laughs> My computer chip is still, you know, what is it called? It's still searching. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, okay, let's just, let's hop right into it, Jenna. I want to know what was your favorite thing about filming? What was your least favorite thing about filming? Go. My favorite thing was definitely meeting all the cast members. Of course, that was fun and different. And also I think that we were in the middle of COVID and just being scooped up for this adventure sounded exciting. So totally right. That was fun. And I think that made it like have an element of extra excitement. My least... I was like, let me check my schedule. Okay. Nothing going on. <laughs> yep, I'll be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> my least favorite thing was filming something in a pandemic and then also a competition where we weren't allowed to talk and bond. I think that was my absolute least favorite thing. It was. Yeah. Cause you and I are such like touchy feely lovey. 100%. People. 100%. <laughs> I remember that first night we were like literally like we didn't even know each other but we were like holding hands when we were standing outside like shivering like right. freezing cold <laughs> in that like so initial cold. competition where she was just xing people left and right and we were just like shaking because we were cold and because we were scared. <laughs> All of it right all the above like the cold factor let's just talk about that that was extreme like I felt like that was beyond survivor I don't understand why we didn't go inside but I'm glad we had each other and we made it through it <laughs> I know when anybody like asked me about what filming the show was like I was like well okay like take a little bit of the real housewives throw in some apprentice and then like throw in some survivor vibes right like right? just 
making things really fucking hard that should not be hard. Yep, that's what it was like. <laughs> Everyone had tried it. I explained it like this. It was like like being naked on a ski slope filming for 11 hours. <laughs> that was the only way I could explain. What, that first night that or first like night. the whole show? The party, the first night. It might have been 16 hours. Yeah, it was whatever it was. It was too long and it was too cold. And it felt like, I mean, the clothes were doing nothing for us. Being naked on a ski slope. Did I just see you were just in Aspen? It looks like you were like with your husband somewhere having wine by like a like a little river. No, I was at Aspen Peak Cellars, but that's in Bailey, Colorado. So Oh, okay. Absolutely gorgeous. Nice. You're up there for a wedding. Yes. Nice. I love that. Okay. So we know your favorite thing about doing the show, your least favorite thing about doing the show. What about watching it back? Like, is it just me or was watching yourself on TV like a really fucking weird experience? It was so weird. It was, I mean, parts of it were fun and other parts were like, oh, eek. Like, you know, there's nothing, it is what it is. You don't know what yeah. they're going to put out there. You don't know how you're going to look. So of course it's hard not to be critical at times. There were moments where I felt like my edit was a little cringy. Like in the you know right. in the beginning, I was just like, oh my god, okay, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, <laughs> right? And I know we talked about that privately, and I thought you did great and better than like maybe that you felt like you did, but that's when you're just like watching yourself. We're always like critiquing, and I know it was a hard experience too. Like it wasn't they they were not easy on you especially, and so <laughs> that yeah. is really really hard. So. But yeah, it was hard to watch and it was fun to watch. It was like all the emotions, right? It was exciting. There's parts that were disappointing. There's parts that you're like, wait, that didn't happen like that. Or it did this, like, I wish they like said more about this, but you have no control. But it was a cool experience overall. For sure. So, I mean, once again, too, that's something that I love about you, that you're just endlessly optimistic. There were... So many times I feel like in the show, like in that photo shoot, for instance, I mean, you were very busy that day because you really kind of stepped up for the crew, for Corey, for everybody. Right. You planned that big group shot. Bethany loved that. I thought that was very on brand for Skinny Girl. It got kind of, you know, everyone involved in the shot. And it's something that the models had to take home, right? So right. you were kind of busy working the room, shall we say. But <laughs> even like in the elimination associated with that round, you know, you were you were really motivating me to stay positive. You were like, you've got this. Because I was like, you know, I know, it is a sure thing that I am just going the fuck home right now. Like, how would this bitch keep me? I just caused so many problems at oh. work for her. So obviously she's going to give me the boot. And you were like, you don't know that. Seriously, you don't know that. You also, you know, brought a lot of energy and you clearly know what you're doing in photo direct. Like, you know, blah, blah. You always had like a positive spin on it. And I love that about you. Where do you think that comes from in life? Tell me about that. I think I was born with that. Honestly, I feel like I just been born with that. I had great parents growing up. I still have great parents. And my dad was really strict. My mom always told me I could do anything. And I just, I think by failing and like when you're like, when something goes wrong and something doesn't work out and you're in the midst of it, never served me or anybody to just wallow in it. So you just have to like dust yourself off as hard as it is to do that so many times in life. And as you get older, like you just kind of see those roadblocks. But I just feel like when I was more optimistic and I just knew like, okay, that didn't work out and this is my next new thing or this is going to work out. That attitude has always carried me through. Right. And you always feel better thinking, all right, well, maybe it wasn't perfect, but here's what I learned and here's what was good about it. Then like harping on the negative basically exactly. is what you're saying. Exactly. And so, and your parents are like that. 
I think my mom is really like that. She's very positive. My dad was really, really strict businessman. And so I think that blend was really good. It gave me my fire to go, you know, develop my own things, to work really hard, to crush it wherever I worked as a career. And I think my mom was always like, you know, you can do anything. So if anything sounded like crazy to somebody else, I was like, not your life. My mom says I can do it. My mom says I can run for president. (laughs) I know, right? Exactly. Like the sky's the limit. So I just feel like that. And just, yeah, I just think that you're born with something. And my personality has always been like a lover and friends and been surrounded by people. I love people. It's always been embedded with me. So any, that really fills my bucket is like people um, and being able to help people feel good about themselves ever since I was little. So that just kind of resonates with me. Do you have your own, like, I, this is totally off topic, but do you have your own, I mean, again, it's on topic for where we are now, but do you have your own kind of like mantra or purpose or like mission in life that you live by? Because when you're talking all about people and love, et cetera, I'm just, I'm thinking I need to dig a little further there. I feel like the two mantras I always live by is anything is possible and the best is yet to come. And I just live by those two things all the time. So when I'm feeling like I'm killing it, I keep going for it and just keep pushing myself. And even when things are, you know, maybe not in the best space, I just remind myself of those two things. And I try to say that to myself every day. And when I don't, I feel like that's where your headspace can kind of shift and kind of start thinking thoughts of like, oh, well, this feels hard or this mountain's too big to climb. So I feel like before my feet hit the ground in the morning, if I say those two things and believe that I'm unbreakable and that not everything is possible, then they really are. So I just really try to sit with that mindset. Do you have any other type of like morning routine that you do? Do you have, it sounds like you like, you just, do you, do you wake up and just kind of like sit there in silence and think about those or? No, you are definitely better. That I feel like I go in spurts. Like I am somebody who struggled with weight, lost a lot of weight. And when I'm in it to win it and going out and crushing it, you know, when you're eating all the right things, working out, doing all the mindset tools, I feel like I'm not as consistent as I should be. And I need to be, I work on it all the time. I think because of my past struggles, when I'm in it, it's just kind of like all or nothing. Um, and same when you're not. So I need to find that balance a little bit better. And so I'm doing good right now, but there's times just recently that I was like falling off the wagon again. So I think that when you practice that, like you do, every morning. I think that is something that I need to really work on. Meditation is really hard for me. (laughs) That is something that I have tried and tried. And I feel like having a dance party inside. So like, (laughs) I do, I like sit there and I'm like, okay, like I just can't get my headspace there. And I know there's so many tools and cool things out there. I love our community because there's someone in there for everybody. I love that the story is not about me. On the meditation point though, you must know this because you've been on a weight loss journey. So I'm imagining that you've tried a lot of different types of workouts, right? To find what workout fit for you. Meditation is the same thing. It's the same thing. You try a lot. There's so many different styles. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about meditation where people don't realize that your meditation doesn't have to be the same as mine. Absolutely. Like your meditation could be a dance party. It might be dancing. Absolutely. It might be. It might be a walk in nature. It might be that you just repeat your mantras for five minutes. Like it it could be that. But whatever works for you. I have it nailed. Like that, that I can do. And the occasional yoga experience I really love doing. But yes, you're absolutely right. I just need to practice that and do that. And I'm trying to like walk every morning before I start my day. Do try to start like doing some breathing exercises, even if it's just five minutes of like doing quiet time and not looking at your phone and 
like thinking about your day and just that has been really positive. But what is okay? So we're gonna go into more of this because I want to talk about your community. I, yeah. I ever since I met you, I've been so fascinated about this. But to wrap up our thoughts on the big shot, I just want to ask you, like, oh, yeah, what is like your number one takeaway or learning from this whole experience? And in what way do you feel like your life is different now coming out on the other side of this whole reality TV show? So I just thought we'd be more connected. And I think because it was a competition show that they just were like, okay, you know, we're, we're done here. We're finished here. And it'll be interesting to see what roads and, you know, areas, this is like just the beginning of something. So I feel very positive about it, but I thought there'd be more kind of interaction. So that's my biggest takeaway. So assuming that was my greatest mistake, you know, I just, it's a different world, right? Reality TV. I knew nothing about it. And it was very strict and different than I expected it to be. And so I'm a bubbly, like you and I, bubbly, happy, touchy. Like that experience is very friendly. Different. Yeah, friendly. And like we thrive off of connections with different people, with sharing love, with spreading joy. Exactly. And that was kind of like not the vibe. Exactly. Like, well, you're right. They're, they're trying to do this show that doesn't encompass that. And so that was hard for me a little bit. But also, like, Bethany's not like that, so we shouldn't have expected to have no, that experience like, on her set. No, I should not have expected that, but... I, I felt I felt prey to the same expectations, so I get it, totally. I want to believe that, though. I want to go up and squeeze her and, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, before, I was like... I want to squeeze her, and I just want to, like, feed her cookies. Like, I want to <laughs> put a bunch of junk food... No, just kidding. I just want to pour rosé down her throat and get her all loose and be like, so tell me, how much did this engagement ring actually cost? I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know, they showed cute parts of her that they didn't show on the show, you know, and then they didn't show like a lot of things that just surprised me. So I think that, that like you and I have talked, I don't even know how much we can talk about it, but you know, the show could have gone on longer or so many different takes on it as far as what, how much filming they got from it. So it's interesting, like how, I just wonder how much input who's doing all that and how much input she has. We, we learned a lot about the TV world that yes. we just didn't know before, right? Because this was both your, right? This was your first experience on television 100%. as well, right? Completely blind. They saw me coming from a mile away. Like this girl has no clue. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have fun with these We're going to have fun with her. <laughs> so that's your, okay. So your biggest learning is to just manage our expectations Absolutely. better. Or even just, I mean, quite frankly, too, I think it's even just releasing expectations, right? And then it's it's still new, right? Like being open to the fact that the wins, that the learnings, that the way that we up-level from this maybe have yet to come and, and are going to reveal themselves, right? So it's kind of that openness around expectations. And, and again, with that, I like you're in control of your own destiny. So in this, that is like the lesson again, like, you wanted this, you went after it, you got it. And then if you want more from it, you have to go after it. So right. it's in my court now. It's in all of our Totally. Court. That's a great point. The ball's in your court. If you want to make more from the experience, you just have to keep 100%. moving forward, figuring out, listening to your intuition and understanding what that next strategy move should be, right? Because at the end of the day, this is all a strategy. Did you have a strategy when you went into filming or no? strategy, no. And I loved when all you girls, like I, like I said, I was the oldest girl there. <laughs> and like all of you girls were like, okay, I think this is happening. And I think this is what's going on. And I mean, it was exhausting to even wonder what the next steps were that I was just there to play. Like, tell me where to go. Tell me where to stand. 
and tell me when it's time to talk. <laughs> That's pretty much it, you know? So I don't know. I didn't try to really figure things out. Some things were pretty obvious to me and other things were like, oh, okay. So, you know, for me, it was just like jumping in blinded. That's why I said they saw me coming a mile away. This girl's perfect. She's not. And it's funny though, because one of our people that was taking care of us was always like, you're trying to figure things out. And I was like, okay, out of all the people here, I am not trying to figure out that yeah. I could care less. I just am grateful to wake up and have a good night's sleep if I get one. Right. And be here. And be here and just like see what happens. Because I no one knew what to expect. Totally. Because it never been done before. It's not like we could watch previous episodes. It's not like Bethany had ever done a show of this nature or genre before. Right. <laughs> except for when she was on The Apprentice. I was just trying to save as much energy as I had. <laughs> Yeah, totally. No, so that's your strategy. Your yeah, strategy was right. to conserve energy. Yep, that was my that was my strategy. <laughs> there we go. Now we know that my strategy was that I had really studied her and gotten inside her head by listening to her podcast, watching her on the Martha Stewart one, watching old reruns of The Apprentice, and writing down as much as I could, and then just reading her books. Right, like right. what makes Bethany tick? How can I? you know, at least if I don't win the show, win a friend from her. Right? right. So that was, that was my whole strategy. I'm not sure if I executed that well or not. I think time will tell. I don't know that you didn't either. I think that <laughs> I, I wonder how much is persona and how much is real and how much we just, don't, we just don't know what we don't know. Totally. We don't. I was also very surprised like you to hear, you know, the news about the show, not renewing for a second season yeah but such a bummer such a bummer and I thought it had legs but then again we might be a little biased right <laughs> so what I wanted to ask you about is you know we talked a little bit about your kind of parents being you know we're shifting gears right here onto onto real life and part of that is that you were always so positive and uplifting in the show, the entire experience while we were filming through everything. We were freezing to death. You were positive. I was on the hot seat multiple times in a row. You were positive. Like you got this. It was like you were just the energizer bunny. That makes sense now, right? Because you would right. conserve your energy where you could <laughs> and then expend it when you were on camera and doing tasks and challenges. Makes a lot of sense to me. But you just always had this flare up of optimism right so I think we we now know that that is kind of just like a genetic predisposition your parents are your mother is that way she always supported you is there anything else in your secret sauce other than you know your family being positive knowing that it creates better outcomes than the opposite and, and using your mantras did I kind of sum that sum that up yeah I think you summed it up great I think I have great friendships in my life throughout my life and you know friends kind of become family and so I've always been a you know loyal uh, friend, and for people that obviously serve me and you know serve a purpose as far as like being a good friend. And so I just feel like that's embedded in me. And like I said, I just I think I just born to love people and I adore people and I want to see everyone thrive and make it. And that's probably like kind of the roles I've taken too, with being in like a regional sales manager position, leading teams across the country. You know, it's different because I've always crushed it in sales and I've made, you know, president club upon president club. And when you take on a team, it's really, you're not in control of your destiny or control of everybody else. And you can't have everybody right. always follow your path, but you can encourage them. And I'm really proud of like the legacy that I left with a lot of my teams who reach out to me all the time saying like, Jenna, I think about you and you taught us this strategy or 
how to overcome this obstacle. And I'm really, you know, I've done this or I've opened this business or I've applied this to this in my life or this at my job. So it just makes me feel good. And it's just kind of who I am. You're definitely a lover. You're an uplifter. You're a person who feels it's very obvious that part of your purpose is to be on this planet to help other people. And that's beautiful. I feel 100%. the same way. I guess my question about that is how do you continue to radiate love when things get really hard? I think if I have a hard time, I mean, my friends are there. It's always hard to ask for help. Even people who ask for me, I had somebody reach out to me last night about something out of nowhere that they've been kind of suffering quietly and alone for four months. And I just feel like when you put it out there and you ask for help or you say like, this is how I'm feeling, then you should have your tribe that is really going to help you. And that's kind of what getting closer every day and jumping ahead, but is about, Oh yeah, that's, that's really what it's about. There's a lot of what I've learned about that community. I developed that after my weight loss, but I learned and it made me so sad, but it also made me so happy. It's such a connectivity for people that are alone, that are divorced, that are maybe a widow or just, or maybe like they don't have a lot of friends or they don't feel comfortable like I do around people and they just don't have a community or a network. And not only is it connecting people, people will stay behind and like, I think we launched it in 2015. They will stay behind and not say anything from the surface and watch for years and then finally come out and say, I've been watching you and name people who've been inspiring them on their their journey or even non-journey yet, just like just trying to peek and get out and get enough strength to like say, I need help or whatever. And I love that the story is not about me. It's about all these amazing people that are struggling, that have made it, that are halfway through their journey, that are constantly on their journey. I mean, we're all constantly on our journey. There's a couple of people that have gotten married that have connected on getting close oh every God. day. I know. I was like, should I do a dating site? <laughs> Okay, so the concept of getting closer every day, right? It's you have a website. Within that website, there's partners that you work with that sell products that are all focused on health and wellness, increasing your personal well-being. You guys also have done retreats yep. in the past. I'm obviously going to go on a retreat yes. with you at some point. That would be amazing. So excited. <laughs> and then you have your community, right? You have your free community. Free community. And, and I know that I, you know, obviously I'm a part of it. So I know that it's about being a safe space, being a lot, you know, allowing people to share no judgment. Um, are there any, does everybody share what they're going through every day or can anybody share whatever they want? Like, how does the sharing part work? It's sporadic. There's people that do it every day. Sometimes multiple times a day. There's somebody who will pop in and be like, hi, I've been gone for a month, but here I am and I'm doing well or I'm not doing well. We had somebody that like dropped off for a year and then came back and posted yesterday that you even read that post and highlighted kind of what she was going through. And she just, she knew the community was here. This was like a second family for people. And she was finally ready to come out and say, look, at this is all the things that are going on. And it was a lot. And I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking she about. She had relapsed, right? So it was relapsed, that. Relapsed, like separated, kid problems, you know, just like a lot and gained all her weight back. And it's just about, you know, and then. I'm sure she felt defeated and embarrassed and didn't want to say anything, but she knew that she could. And she came out and said, I need help. And I mean, I just looked at it right when I, she posted yesterday and there, people, I think there's like 33 comments, but when you look at these posts, they become like two and 500 comments of people just saying like, yeah, I can relate, I can help you, or, you know, I'm here for you. And just like post. Or even just, I love that you can share this, right? It's, right? it's all positive. Yeah. yeah. So many people can relate to so many things. And I think that the biggest thing about, the accountability part for weight loss and getting closer every day is just that, but also that you're not alone. You're not alone. 
people are fighting the same battles. And I mean, we've had people, everything from cancer, like nothing's off the table. There's no diet that you have to follow. It's whatever lifestyle that you're trying to live to be your best life. That makes that happiest sense for you. So there's people that are do keto. There's people that are vegan. There's people that are just doing all different kinds of diets across the board. And there's no judgment there. And where a lot of these groups are, there's a lot of judgment about it. You can't do it this way. And you, you have to do it this way. And there's, I think we blocked one person in five years that was just kind of not nice. And then that person actually reached out to me and said, look at, I was suicidal. I don't have any friends. I don't have any family. I was a jerk and I want to come back. And that was a couple of years ago. And she's one of our biggest ambassadors in that group who shared her story. Whoa, that's incredible. Yes. Cause I want everyone. Like, I love that she came to me and was like, look at, I was going through a really hard time. And then like your heart sinks. Cause you're like, I'm so glad we didn't lose this person. But then yeah. she like had accountability and was like, look at, I was going through the, I was lashing out. And she was, she was, she was lashing out at people and just saying mean things. And we warned her, warned her, warned her. And we're like, it's not, it's not a place. It's only a place for kindness. And you know, it, that's never happened before. And I think that it was such a source. And she'd been there for a couple of years, a source of family for her that after, a, I think six months to a year, she was gone that she just was like, okay, I really need this community back. And I mistreated it. And she, I love the letter that she wrote to me and I let her back in. And not only did she crush it and did amazing, I made her an admin so she can come in there and really talk about things that, you know, have bothered her or just cheer people on. And then she's making movement on her growth. So that's really encompasses everything. What getting closer every day, we call it GCE is about. That's really beautiful. I love that person's journey of of going from bullying people to being like, mm -hmm. to having that self-awareness to say, wow, I was in a really bad space. I really did appreciate the support and love of this community. Can you take me back, please? And then she was so great that then you promoted her to helping Absolutely. you run the page. So it's a win for everybody, a win for you as a good leader, because now you have more people that are positive that you can rely on helping you monitor the page Absolutely. and support other people. And then it's also a massive win for her because she was able to realize, wow, I messed up. But look, I was able to remedy. I was able to right the wrong. Right. You know? And this person has like a new job, a new life, a new everything. And there's so many stories like her and that are in here that used to shock me. And they, I mean, they still shock me sometimes because they're, it, it can be so tragic, but then something so happy comes out of it. You know, we have people that fight cancer that have been in these groups and just fighting ailments of so many different kinds where people are just so connected and loving to each other. So yeah, it's definitely a, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of love and it's so easy for me. I think it's truly only something that someone like you with so much love to give and to share in your heart could create. Because for some people, this would be draining. But I think for you, this actually fills your cup up, if that makes sense. For sure. It does. And having people help and not be, you know, I'm not constantly on there all the time. I need to do like do a little bit more sometimes, but I love to throw my videos in there every once in a while and post my accountability. And then having so many admins really does help create, you know, someone said, Jenna, I think we need to update the rules. And, you know, there's like, let's just kind of like put the foundation out there of what's good, what we can do, where the, all the tools are, the discounted partners, the getaways, the lifeline screening. And she's another admin. So she just, I was like, go do it. Go, go take care of it all. These are just unpaid admins and they like unpaid admins and they're, they're, they've been a part of this for years and they're like, it's their family. And you guys have been growing this so, community since 2015, right? So like almost six years. Correct. 
Correct. So impressive. Okay, so let's go back to that point when you started this community. Can we go back? I think yeah. you said you began your weight loss journey around 2013. Can you take us back? Where were you? Like, hit us with that for just a brief moment, that darkest point, that, you know, that low point in your life where you were like, that's fucking it. I'm done. Shit's going to change now. So I feel like I had so many of those moments in 2000 when I had my kiddo, I gained so much weight and I started crash dieting. I gained, uh, I mean, I was close to 300 pounds and I was stuck for 13 years. And the way I gained all that weight was crash dieting. I did probably over 50, 60 diets and, you know, I get invited to be in like somebody's wedding or be on a beach vacation. And then you're like, oh shit, I better, I got to lose 30 pounds in five days. You know, whatever ridiculous amount, you know, I'm being a little obnoxious, but kind of how it felt. And you would, I would always lose like 20 or 30 pounds and then gain, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 back. And that was just the vicious cycle. The, wow. I was working at iHeartRadio and we had gone through, and I always made every layoff, but they were like laying off people in big ways. And it was clear channel radio at the time, it's a different platform now. And we were iHeart right before that. And it just wasn't serving me anymore. And I kept surviving every cutoff and I just felt so bad for people that were being let go. And it was massive. It was like, if we had 500 people in our workspace, we had 180 left. I mean, it was just massive. And I just was like, this is just, I'm, I'm ready to get out of this space. And I came across Living Social. I applied for it. They interviewed for 20, 28 people for one position in Denver at the time. Flew me to San Francisco. And I was like, that's a really hard odd. But I got this job. It was my biggest growth job. It was the most money I've ever made. It was the most exciting. They treated us like rock stars. And I went to an event and I was actually dieting and one of my crash diets and I was doing pretty well and I did not want to eat. They had just amazing sinful food everywhere. And the snacks were like champagne and dripping chocolate fountains. And I took a big risk taking this job and I made great money. But at the beginning, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. <laughs> it was, I don't know, everything kind of bubbled up and I had this massive I, I didn't eat very much that day. I didn't want to eat the bad stuff. I was trying to go to my room for an apple between like one of the breaks. They wanted me to speak to 7,500 people. There was a lot of stuff going on. And I ended up having my first like major panic attack. And like I, my hair was shedding. I just was felt like, and then my health was bad. And I was just like gasping for air a lot more than I realized. And I don't, I didn't realize when I was in it because I asked my husband after I got through it when we went for hikes or he's like, you always lagged behind. We were always waiting for you on the ski slope or we were always waiting for you on the mountain. And so I wanted to change that. And I went to my, my boss was working a lot and all of my, we had 12 reps at the time. I wasn't a manager yet. And we had all these reps where they were getting up at five and six in the morning and working out. And I was like, work remotely. Nobody's watching. What are these kids doing? Why are they getting up so early? And they were crushing their day. And I said, I just want to do that. And I kind of went and talked to my boss. I wanted to talk to my team. And I asked, you know, what are you guys doing? And why are you doing it? And I had just lost like 20 or 30 pounds. And the, the cycle for me was to gain 50 back. So I said, I, I want to stop the cycle. And I went to my boss and he said, you know, it's so funny that you're talking to me. And one of my trainers just moved down south where you live. Maybe you could try incorporating him a few times a week. So I did. And he actually worked at this place called Landau Fitness. It's a Bronco training uh, area nice. down in Denver. Yeah. And all the pro athletes would go there from all like MMA to baseball, Rockies. And that sounds that way. That sounds very intimidating for just starting out on your workout journey, though. Yeah. Beyond. So 
like the place at the time was very small and there was not a lot of workout equipment and it was turf and it was mostly like body work and agility. And I remember going in, the guys had like Snoop Dogg and I think it was Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker were there. And I didn't even know who these guys were at the point. Like my, my trainer was new to that facility. His name was Eric. And he was like drooling and he, I was like, well, who are they? And these guys were playing Snoop Dogg and then like turned it down because they were like, oh, girl on campus. And after like a couple of weeks, these guys were bumping their music, high-fiving me, encouraging me in such amazing ways. I think they were like, holy shit. Like, first of all, like, who's this girl who's coming into our fit facility to... Like yep. she's really going for it. Um, and I really taught myself how I like asked my trainer, Eric, like, what should I eat? And he's like, eat a fist of protein. And I was eating like three fists of protein, but obviously it was eating things that were better for me and trying really hard. I, a lot of people will disagree with me with this. It makes me feel crazy until you get there in my community. A lot of people are like, oh, you can eat anything. Like I have a lot of coaches in there, fit people in our community as well. It's not just people that are, obese or like trying to lose 30 or 40 pounds mm -hmm. but I feel like it's so hard to get to that space where you can balance it when you're a food addict and it made people so uncomfortable when I would say I'm a food addict because I feel like I struggle with food so much but I would either go binge like not really binge but kind of like I would just overeat and eat things that I wanted so I call that binging and until you get strong enough to really overcome those things then you shouldn't be cheating. You should, like, people are like, just eat a corner of chocolate. And I'm like, if there's a bar to the end of that corner, I'm eating the entire bar. Yeah. I feel like you really have to get strong before you can start dipping your toe in that water. That makes sense. I'm like a constant struggle with that. I do really well. And then something I'll be like, okay, just this one time. And then that becomes tomorrow, we'll start again. Tomorrow, we'll start again. And then 13 years goes by. So that's kind of always my biggest message to people. You know, you can't, cheat until you get there otherwise you're going to be cheating the rest of your life and it's so much easier just to dial down and do the work and get 140 pounds off of me in a year and a half than the yo-yo diet that is constantly happening right that 13 years of i'll try again tomorrow i'll crash diet i'll do the celery diet you know whatever it is i'll do the chocolate diet everything was just such a mess and it's so much easier just to put in the hard work and you just feel so much better inside and out so you said something interesting there. You said that for you in the beginning of your journey, it helped you to kind of identify as a food addict. You know, like maybe someone who goes to AA is like, I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous and I'm not drinking anymore and that's it. I'm not having one. I'm having none. Right. Right. So you would say, I'm a food addict and I'm, I'm not having one piece of chocolate because I'll eat the whole bar or I'll drink the whole bar and I'm having zero. Right. And that's Absolutely. that for right now. So explain that to me. Where do you think... I'm just curious, like, where do you think your food addiction came from? Where do you think food addiction comes from? Like, to me, I know even personally, right? Like, I have been pretty petite for most of my life, but I can tell that at times when I'm stressed, like, I wrote about this in my entrepreneur.com article the other day that, like, during the big shot with Bethany, I didn't eat that well. Right. Like, I got home, was so tired that, like, a, cheese, a cheesy pizza sounded, like, I don't know, nutritious to me. Like, it sounded like it would make me feel better. But I think that was really just stress eating, right? When oh, it's stress eating. When I got back, I totally stress eat. I ate. And I feel like when I was on the show, because we could eat whatever we wanted, when we wanted that I actually lost weight when I was there, because I just I was like locked up in this what sexy hotel. And I had menu items at my fingertips and no plate, like I couldn't go for a walk or do anything really. 
because of the pandemic and I followed the rules to a T. I would have done things a little differently. Like still follow the rules, but I would have given myself a little bit more airtime outside. You know, they just didn't really allow for that. So I feel like I did really well in that environment, which is so funny. But when I came back, yes, I totally stress ate and it was a lot of, that was just a stressful kind of thing. And you like came, you came off like a high. It was, it was. Is that where, but is that where food addiction comes from is, do you think it's coming from stress? Like you're trying to compensate for something else that's lacking in your life? I'm just, I'm curious where it came from for you. I think it comes from stress. I also think part of it is hereditary. I have twin sisters that okay. were like, like Bethany, like she's tiny, right? She and my right. sisters are tiny. And for years, I didn't even have clothes that would fit her in the photo shoot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I have sisters that are really fit. And I, I like it to want to discount when they got older, they have to work for it. And they, they work out and earn their keep for their meals. Um, but they always like, I we used to laugh. We have this story. We go to California at Newport beach every year, um, a summer vacation. And <laughs> my sisters were in like size zero. Like we go to the guest store, little bathing suits and they would be eating their double fudge brownie and they're, and they're young right then for sure they're eating their their chips and three meals a day and i'm asking my mom for a tuna fish on pita bread with no mayonnaise <laughs> because like everything sticks to me and then you know a couple months at the beach and they're like oh my my suit is falling off do you think they have like an xxx like zero like or an extra extra small and they're just eating their way and i so i feel like a lot of it's genetics right and some people have to work harder than others and that's mm-hmm. definitely me and then i feel like portion size and stress has a lot to do with it. And if I'm not tracking my food in my tracker, then I am cheating. That's exactly, I I need to be accountable. And that's what a lot of that accountability page is about. I am always tracking my steps, tracking my food. And some people are like, that is so hard. And so many people have reached out to me, help me, help me. And I I love tracking my steps. Oh yeah. I love that. It's addicting. It is addicting, right? And it feels good. And I feel like that when you're tracking your food, a lot of people don't like doing that because it's so much work, but I'm kind of a creature of habit. And when you teach people to do that, it's really knowledge is power and people will see like, oh my gosh, I was doing this smoothie that I thought was so great for me. And it's a thousand calories, not 300 calories. Right. Totally. And when you, when you track it, then you have that information about what your habits are, where you can cut out. And then also if you have a coach looking at it, you do. I had a nutrition coach at one point too, during the pandemic, because I just had the time to figure out where I could just, just, even if I could make a little bit of improvement in my health, to me, that's meaningful, right? Baby steps. Yeah. There's people in our community that are like, it doesn't matter if they have zero weight to lose five pounds to 400 pounds. We have people in there. We have a couple guys in there. It's mostly women, but there's a couple guys that have lost 300 pounds that are just shining admins in there as well, which is so happy. But it's definitely stress. I also have an addictive personality, I feel like. I feel like that is like, so all these things for me don't add up well, except when I'm doing the right things. I crush it, right? Like we, I crush it in sales. I go on TV shows. I'm doing radio shows. It's like I'm doing all these fun things. Whatever I'm striving for when I'm in it, I'm in it to win it. And I always, did well when, even when I was heavy, I was on all these award-winning trips to Hawaii and all over the world. And it didn't matter the size, but people definitely treated me a little bit differently after I lost the weight and sales definitely became a little even easier. So it surprised me. So it is interesting, like our diet culture and what 
you're supposed to look like for sure have you seen that show shrill no s-h-r-i-l-l okay you have to watch that and also anybody listening right now if you just want a perspective from what it might be like to date to work to live life with a few extra pounds i think that's like they really show her side of the story and it is so interesting and if you have struggled with your weight it would be interesting and if you haven't struggled with your weight it's also interesting right so it's kind of i think it's just like an undertold point of view right right what life is like for her it's a famous comedian slash funny actress i'm blanking on her name right now but shrill you can look it up i think it's on hulu i'll have to look it up for sure can't wait to watch it so jenna we are coming to the end of our time here together right now okay. i have one more question we always ask all the queens on big queen energy for a mindset tip or a life hack something that people can take away implement today or tomorrow and do just a little bit better at what their goal might be so for you what i want to ask you is it's summer obviously you've been through you know a, a, a very life-changing experience with your own weight and with creating this community do you have like one mindset tip or hack that stands out for you I mean obviously you're not a nutritionist right but is it is it journaling about all your food is it you know I don't want to put the words into your mouth but is there one thing that if you're like if you don't do any of these other things fine this one thing will make a big impact in you know just keeping that bod tight the way you want it whatever that may be for that individual what would it be Sure. So if it's about nutrition, it's definitely eat more veggies and fill up on vegetables, yeah. drink water, supplement if you need to. With if you if you're craving something sweet, like a chocolate protein shake is always my go-to that always helps to get more protein. I also Smart. yeah, I also lost weight on like a higher protein diet. And I just know that that worked for my body. And it works for me too. Yeah, I yeah. really, really like that. So those would be my three things. And then obviously tracking. I think that is absolutely key. And then for like everyday life tips, if you're just kind of feeling in a slump or stuck, or you're just wanting to even supersede whatever you're doing, I always like doing what makes me happy, kind of a list, what makes me happy, what's serving me, what's not, what, what do I want? And then go attack those things. And I do that like on a monthly basis. Wait, explain that one more time. Sure. I make a list of like, okay, what's serving me? What's not serving me? What fills my bucket? What do I want to be doing? What am I not doing? And then evaluate all those things, whether I'm stuck or even if I'm happy and like crushing it, like what else can I go after? And like reevaluate that list at least once a month and be like, okay, am I on track? Is, is my job fulfilling me? Is being like in, in like right now, I'm like, uh, do I love Colorado? Do I, I kind of want to move to the beach? Like all the things that I want, what is filling my bucket and making sure that I am staying true to myself and listening to all the things that are really going to fulfill me in a positive way and make sure I don't stay stagnant in whether it's moving physically or not moving physically, just moving myself forward with those lists. Okay. So for your big, I think it's like four ish things that you said. So I just want to go over them tracking, right? Yep. Food steps, workouts. If you keep track of it, at least you're holding yourself accountable. You could join getting closer every day and join a group and share some of that, you know, the good news in there, but just tracking, even if you just do it on your own yep. substitute desserts, et cetera, with healthier items. That seems like a really solid one. I do that too. Like I like to have ice cream at night, but I'm <laughs> slightly allergic to dairy, right? So I now eat these chocolate covered, it's dark chocolate, so it's not that bad for you. Half bananas oh, yeah. that are frozen. So it feels like a popsicle, but sure. I'm not eating the dairy. I'm eating a banana. Perfect. 
slightly healthier, actually a lot healthier, right? So, and then you're saying eat a high protein diet. I I mean, I think, look, you got to be balanced, right? But I think most people are eating too many carbs. So that probably would be a valuable statement for most people, but everybody's body's different. Everybody's different. And some people, you know, don't want to do high protein at all, but that's just what works for me. And I just noticed when I cut out the carbs a little bit and do lower carb and add more protein, then I'm crushing it. Well, and it's bad to spike your blood sugar with a bunch of carbs without protein there to ground your blood sugar. So just from a not getting diabetes standpoint, my health coach would agree with you. And then make a list of what's serving you and what's not. You can evaluate it regularly and then eat lots of veggies, which honestly, I upped my veggie intake in the pandemic because I'm not eating dinner out at multiple times a day anymore. Right. And I'm cooking for myself. I got really into green juice and found affordable options to get delivered or you know, buy at the grocery store regularly, et cetera. So it's not that it's $10, $15 of green juice every single time I want to have one. And I think that's like made such an impact on my digestive system. Absolutely. We've been making a vegetable soup like for the weeks. And my husband was like, okay, let's do this. Because I was like, I really need your help to get back on track. And I I want you to do this with me. And so we were making these soups and it's all about calorie deficit, right? But you never felt hungry. And so that's why I love if you up your veggie game. That is the best way to do it. And then I would love to share where people can find our free group. If that's okay. Yes. No, I was just going to ask you that. Give us, but give us everything where they can connect with you, your Instagram, how they can join getting closer every day. Give us all the goods, babe. Okay. I think the easiest way for everyone to find me is to go to gettingclosereveryday.com. And there's a link for the free group. And then our discounted partners for our getaways, which is getting updated. We have a lot of fun getaways happening. And we also have a lifeline screening, a heart screening, which is amazing where people can get screened for a lot less money. And that's a life-saving kind of thing that we are doing to help our community. So lots of great resources. And number one, the free group, the free support on gettingcloseeveryday.com. And your Instagram handle? It is Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, Lavalley, L-E-V-E-I-L-L-E, underscore 11. And then we also have getting closer every day underscore. So we have two handles. And we will be linking to all of this in the show notes. So if anybody's having trouble finding it, just go down in the show notes. And Jenna and I tag each other all the time. So you can find (laughs) that love on the gram. Thank you so much, Jenna. This was incredible. I really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to see and squeeze you soon. Me too. All right, ladies, if you loved what you heard today, please remember to subscribe, hit five stars, maybe share it with a girl who needs to hear this advice today. We'd be oh so grateful if you had time to leave a little review too. You can add us on Instagram at Nicole Rose Stillings and at Big Queen Energy Pod. We hope we brightened your day, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in Mondays in the AM to Big Queen Energy, supporting you on your journey to fearless creation. 